Don't look back because the market is closed. Good uh, Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the WVR Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a good day today. Today was, uh, well, today was a big day, folks. Today was Insurrection Day. Insurrection Day, the day that uh, Trump supporters tried to overthrow the government with grandmothers and guys dressed like cavemen. That's how serious a year ago was today. Uh, I got to tell you, I love, uh, first of all, what a, what a joke this whole thing is, right? Just another false flag. But how much, how, how awesome is Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis? DeSantis just comes out and calls it like he sees it all the time. This is, by the way, why, why we fell in love with Donald Trump. And uh, DeSantis is just, uh, he's like a Trump Jr. In some aspects, he's better because he seems to have a, seems to have a little better feel for, you know, where the, where the sweet spot is of the attack that day. You know, he didn't, doesn't really punch down as much. He's not on Twitter 24-7. Uh, DeSantis is a more of a political animal than, of course, Trump, who never, ever pretended to be a political animal, uh, and having never been in politics, only being a, a self-made multi-billionaire. But today, DeSantis referred to the January 6th insurrection as a politicized Charlie Foxtrot. A politicized Charlie Foxtrot. If you're in the military, you know what Charlie Foxtrot means. If you weren't in the military, you'll get it pretty quick. Cluster, you know what? Cluster F. Charlie Foxtrot. Of course, that's exactly what it was. We had that uh, insanity taking place on the on the in the Capitol today, trying to make this a really a really somber day that we're just never ever ever going to forget. Worse than 9/11, Pearl Harbor, Civil War, all three combined. Of course, the only person that died a year ago today was Ashley Babbitt. He was a Trump supporter who was murdered without even a warning being given before this moron, uh, the uh, Capitol Police, pulled the trigger. Um, so, you know, again, we're surrounded by insanity. But we talk about this a little bit. I think we're going to talk about it more because it's just that important, folks. The number one strategy of communists when they're attempting to take over democracy is to demoralize the population with bald-faced lies and baseless propaganda. They wanted to stabilize society because when you when a society is surrounded by lies and you look at the way you go, that's not what happened. That's not true. Why are they saying this? And we can say it, of course, about the January 6th false flag attack, clearly a false flag uh, with a, uh, a, a clear narrative that they wanted to uh, uh, put in America's minds that, uh, of course, if you're a Trump supporter, you are a domestic terrorist. What's wrong with Ted Cruz? What is wrong with Ted Cruz? Yesterday called it an act of terrorism. What are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? There was not a single person that's been charged with insurrection uh, or sedition, much less terrorism. Where are those charges? Of course, there aren't any. Uh, the event, the day was so bad that not a single person has been charged with any of these things, right? Not a single person killed except for a Trump supporter. But again, this is the communist strategy. Ted Cruz, wow, what an awful day you had yesterday. But but the, which, by the way, is why I lost to Trump in the first place. He just uh, he goes off he goes off off kilter and says some bizarre things. And he sounds like a Baptist minister, by the way, which is kind of an insult to Baptist ministers. But the strategy of of communists to take over society is to, to demoralize, right? To destabilize society because when you think when the average person starts believing. Wait a minute, why, why are they lying to me about Jan 6? Why are they lying to me about coronavirus insanity? Why are they lying about the climate hoax? What is going on here? None of this makes any sense. That's the strategy. 
That's how you destabilize society because when, you, when, when, when the average person looks to their leaders in government and can't trust them, when the average person looks to the, the media, Fox included, by the way, been all over this bullshit today, and, and they go, I, I can't, why are they reporting this thing? That makes no sense to me. My, I've done my research and due diligence. That, that's not at all what I think. That's how you destabilize society. That's what communists want to do, folks. And it's been widely reported over the years by ex-KGB agents. Uh, it's, it's written up plainly and clearly in Rules for Radicals by Cloward and Piven. And I think it's just time that we start having this very direct and honest conversation with the American people that this is what's going on. Uh, this is no small deal, folks. The, the, only our freedom hangs in the balance. So we're going to keep talking about it here. Um, and we got to we talk about uh, what uh, just happened just minutes ago. You know, again, everyone's worried about the bond market. And, you know, here we go. Uh, Ten years at 1.7 percent. Who cares? 1.7. I mean, it's just it's absolutely nothing, of course, uh, in, 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 the, in the grand scheme of things. Tiny, tiny rates. Rates are only going lower, folks. We've said it for a long time. We are not changing our story here. And by the way, this happened 15 minutes ago. J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs both came out of the close and aggressively cut GDP. J.P. Morgan just went from 2.5% GDP first quarter of this year, uh, real annualized GDP growth, dropped it from 2.5% to 1.5%. So you're telling me, you are telling me with a straight face that the Federal Reserve is not only going to uh, speed up their taper aggressively and then go into QT, quantitative tightening, right? And they're also going to aggressively hike rates, as they said yesterday, as that's why the markets got hit, folks. Uh, we had multiple Fed governors that, were, that was, said to, not only are we going to have to hike, we're going to have to hike rates more aggressively, meaning that they're going to speed up the taper, start quantitative tightening, and hike rates. You're telling me that's going to happen when the likes of J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs are aggressively cutting their GDP forecast. I don't see it. Now, at the same time, and I wrote this up today in all, in all honesty, uh, look, the, the, the best research firm on Wall Street, certainly the best economist, okay, it's with Evercore. Ed Hyman is the top economist out there. There is no one close to him because they do real work, right? They, they don't just sing the, the, the song that the Federal Reserve wants to sing. But I will tell you that they are also calling for, uh, for, for, for higher rates and uh, for more rate hikes. Uh, but 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 I think the primary uh, impetus for that is the Fed's got to tackle inflation. That's an entirely different beast, isn't it now? Because now we're talking about stagflation. Okay, that is what happened in the late 70s under Jimmy Carter was stagflation, where you had inflation happening in a stagnant economy. But folks, unless we're going to have, uh, 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 you know, a, a period like Reagan, where they, they say, you know what, we're going to get a handle on inflation, and then all of a sudden they start pumping rates up. Remember, Rates went to inflation. Inflation was at fifteen uh, percent. Rates went to twenty percent. My father got a CD at just under twenty. I think nineteen something percent uh, back in nineteen eighty eighty one. Uh, forget exactly when. I have to ask him that question. But you know, again, uh, that's not that's not now, right? Not that's just not now. So my it's a it's, it's a whole lot of talk to say this. We're not backing away at all from what we've been saying for a long time that we're not going to have aggressive, aggressive rate hikes. Just as a reminder, and I know for those of you who listen every day, by the way, thank you so much. Love you guys. Thank you for your feedback. Please keep it coming. And really appreciate you, you joining us here. Uh, we try to keep it always honest and very uh, real about what we see happening. 
because I had a great conversation. Tyler had a great call today with a, a real legend, uh, a real legend in the business, Martin Weiss. And uh, we're looking to uh, possibly collaborate on some projects together. And, uh, and the guy's the real deal. He's such a gentleman. You know, he's from that, that generation of, uh, of just uh, a scholar and a gentleman, very soft-spoken, ask great questions, you know. Uh, that's my kind of guy right there. And there's a lot of wisdom. He's also bearish on Bitcoin, which I found interesting, of course, because we are as well, at least I am as well. And, um, and it was a great call. We talked about these things, about the fact that there's never been a time in history, in my opinion, where you've had a conjoined situation where the parallels between politics, geopolitics, and the markets and the economy have been more closely combined and, and tight to each other than they are today. And I think you have to have a grasp of this, right, to understand what's coming next. Bottom line, though, and Tyler would tell you this, price action trumps all. It does. That's why we have our VR investing system, because it's, it's price action. Price action trumps all. And uh, I want to tell you how that, that fits in in just a second here. But just, just to repeat it for our regulars here one more time and for our new folks, I'll be absolutely shocked. Like, I would almost hang my career on this, and I hate to even say that because that's going, that's going real strong. And I, I'm not ready to retire yet. But I don't see the Fed jacking rates in this environment. I just don't see it. We've got midterms, folks. Biden, Team Biden, which is, of course, the permanent ruling class, they're already in the dumps. What do you think is going to happen in the markets if they go, they go and hike, hike rates three or four times before the midterms? Holy shit. Okay, so the market's not going to do well in that environment. Not in this kind of a highly levered environment. But I also will tell you, Again, it's, it's kind of a tell of two cities here because we have right now, you've got to remember, the markets typically love rate increases. That flies in the face of what you may be hearing on TV, but it's the truth. Uh, three steps in a stumble is what my mentors called it, meaning three rate hikes, the markets went up. After the third rate hike, maybe not so much. It gets a little bit different there, but the bottom line is early rate hikes are extremely bullish for the markets. So stocks go up either way. Stocks are going, in my opinion, stocks go up either way, barring a black swan event or something like that, because the, the underlying structural uh, components, right, and these megatrends that are in place are just going to drive it. It's, it's a structural bull market of size and scope, and it's just going to continue driving prices higher, along with inflation. Uh, but again, I just don't see them, uh, I just don't see the permanent ruling class attacking their own party uh, during a midterm year that is this significant to the permanent ruling class. I don't know if you saw this today. Wow, uh, Matt Gates and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, just banned from Twitter, they did a, a live stream today, a presser, about January 6th. And I maybe should have mentioned this earlier, but just the, uh, answering all the media's questions directly, forthrightly, with good, truthful answers, right? As opposed to what you get from the left is they don't even take questions. They tell you what they believe. They tell you the propaganda line. And that's all you get from them. And of course, that's what our media runs with. Again, again, that's how you demoralize a country, reporting baseless lies. But Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, uh, they are the example to me, uh, uh, and there are many of them now. There are so many strong uh, uh, Republicans. I mean, I'm a lifelong independent, but frankly, all the intelligence and the patriotism and the true leadership, it's all coming from one side, folks, and it is from Republicans. This new breed of Republicans that's saying, bullshit, I'm not going to take your nonsense anymore. America's under attack. We're going to call it like we see it. And that's what they did in the press conference. Kudos, bravo to you. You are the best of, of, of what we have in D.C. 
And I just, uh, we should all hope and pray that they are, they are a new, our new permanent ruling class comes from this new group of Republicans not afraid to stand up as opposed to these, I don't know what Ted Cruz is smoking. Wow. Just lost it. Just completely lost it yesterday. Act of terrorism. What are you smoking, dude? Um, okay. So again, we're still very bullish on the markets here. You know, that hasn't changed. We think the market's going a whole lot higher. That's based on everything we see happening here. Uh, but I believe something will happen. I don't think the Fed's going to be hawkish at all this year. I think Goldman and J.P. Morgan nailed it today, frankly. I think, I think a slowing economy is going to be the surprise of the first quarter. I believe that the 10-year is going to plunge further lower. I believe that tech stocks are going to get legs again. We've seen, this is a movie we've seen before. There's nothing unique about this, right? When, when rates go higher, growth stocks, tech stocks, they get hit. And then guess what that does? creates exceptional buying opportunities. And we're starting to see that. We're seeing the internals again today. Let's go ahead and talk about the markets now. That is what we're supposed to talk about here most anyway. Uh, Dow Jones today, down 170. It really bounced around today. Uh, the 170, uh, it was not a great smart money close. Not awful either. Uh, but the Dow and, and, and NASDAQ today uh, had been all over the map, really. Uh, but slight losses today, about a half a percent on the Dow. Again, down 170 at 36,236. SP 500, though, only down four points at 4,696. It did drop below that 4,700 level, but that's a short term technical level. Not really I'm con something I'm concerned with. Uh, our winner on the day was the Russell 2000. Again, this is the most bullish period of the year for small caps. We look for that rally to continue up a half a percent today. Good gains there today. NASDAQ today, get all over the map, finishing down, but just 19 points at 15,080. Uh, tech stocks, guess what? Uh, breaking news. Tech stocks tend to be volatile. I know this is a surprise to everyone. By the way, the VIX today, uh, which is really just didn't get legs. You know, the VIX is 19.6. That's, that's a bit of a pattern change, especially after the move yesterday when, of course, NASDAQ finishing down and small caps finished down 3.3% yesterday, but the VIX just is it refusing to play catch-up. I think this is smart money there at work, uh, saying the VIX is going to go lower along with rates. Um, so that's the markets today. Again, I told you the internals are a little bit better today. Um, and by the way, we, think, we also think there's a great, again, a great buying opportunity approaching in the debt markets. Okay, I think it's a, we're looking at some very uh, specific targets there now, like TLT, and uh, maybe a leverage ETF for the bond market uh, for this next move lower, uh, because that, that's what the Fed's really setting up here. I, I'll give them one rate hike. I'll give them one rate hike. I, I think beyond that, I think that uh, that's all that's going to happen this year. The Fed just doesn't raise rates when Democrats are in power. We happen to have that, a lot of history behind that, that statement right there. Uh, but uh, the internals today, again, were better. Eternals were better today. Uh, I'll say that. We had 612 stocks on NASDAQ hit new 52-week lows. But that feels like a bottom to me. That feels like a bottom to me because NASDAQ internals elsewhere were much, much better. Uh, only slightly negative. I'm, I mean, I'm talking about by only a, a, a couple of hundred million dollars worth of trading on volume. We're going to call volume flat today in NASDAQ. I think that's interesting. Uh, it, 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 even with yesterday, the, these readings have been much better. NASDAQ today, advanced decline, again, just slightly negative, about 250 more stocks declining than advancing. Folks, that's nothing. Uh, NYSE today, again, even with the Dow down, 170, NYSE today was positive on advanced decline, positive on volume, not by huge margins, but comfortable margins. Uh, so again, Today, you got to say the internals were a win. This is a positive outcome for the internals today. We've said this before. I'll say it again. Uh, 
There are times when the internals matter more than other times. I believe this is one of those times. I believe we started seeing about a week and a half ago a shift, most especially in NASDAQ, where the internals began to improve. I believe it's setting, uh, setting, uh, setting us up for a rally. Uh, Januarys tend to be very volatile. I also, folks, believe me, I understand midterm years are not the best year to be an investor. But again, this is a structural bull market of size and scope, driven by liquidity, driven by surging corporate earnings, and really driven by millennials, if I'm being honest. There's just a lot of money out there looking for a home in real estate. And uh, when real estate market's red hot like it is now, that's the time to be long stocks. It just is. It's, the real estate market leads. Real estate and transportation leads uh, in both directions. And right now, they're both flashing big buy signals. Big, big buy signals. That's we're going to stick to that. That's a big part of the VR investing system, and it's worked for us for a long time. Why would we change it now? Uh, in our uh, sector watch today, of our 11 SP500 sectors, uh, this was a, a bit of a mixed bag today. Again, could have been a whole lot worse, though. We had, the, what, five, uh, five uh, sectors finished higher, six finished lower, to the upside led by energy. Oil screaming higher again today. Uh, uh, energy up, uh, sector uh, stocks up 2.2%, almost 2.3% today. Financials up 1.5% to the downside. Materials down 1.2%, just coming off all-time highs. Healthcare down 1.2%. Utilities down 1%, but again, they're also flirting with all-time highs. Uh, in our uh, com uh, commodity watch today, we had the gold today uh, got slammed. Gold got slammed today. Uh, it was up big yesterday, down big today. Here we go again with the price uh, uh, manipulation scheme, that uh, suppression scre uh, scheme that continues in precious metals. Uh, from the major money center banks. Gold today down $36 an ounce at $17.89. Silver down $0.98 cents an ounce at $22.18. Pretty big hit for silver. Copper uh, down $0.06 cents a pound at $4.35. Oil, again, up 2.2%. Uh, that's a, a $1.77 barrel move back to $79.62. Remember, oil top... I, I'd forgotten this, to be honest with you. <laughs> In November, or late October, I believe it was, oil hit 85 and change. I had not remembered that. 85 and change. We're now back, barreling back up again in the right direction, 79.62. But I think more key is that the, is these energy stocks, like XLE, which is the energy ETF, and we're also long ERX, which is the two-time leveraged energy ETF. We're looking at now close to two-year highs in these. And so uh, one to two-year highs, I should say. And so this is very bullish when you've got outperformance of the energy stocks over the underlying commodity, which of course in this case is oil. Nat gas as well, but oil is the primary driver for these moves. Nat gas is a domestic uh, uh, energy source primarily, uh, but the oil is the, the real driver. So we always track that relative strength wise with oil and XLE. And it's flashing a big buy signal there folks and has been now, I believe since September. I think since September, energy stocks have been leading oil higher and that is a bullish sign uh, I read a report today, I'm going to write this up tomorrow, from a really good research shop today, sent by one of our VIP clients, who said uh, they, they're, they're, they've been right as rain on oil. They believe that massive energy shocks are coming and that we ain't seen nothing yet and that oil prices are going dramatically higher. Again, I'll write that up tomorrow for our members. You'll see that reported there. And uh, again, folks, come join us anytime at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com, two free week trial. Check it out. See if you like it. If you do, stick around. If not, hey, thanks for coming by. Uh, finally today, Bitcoin down 396 at 43,218. You know my thoughts there. Bearish, uh, looking for lower prices. We'll get a capitulation, but I'm afraid it's going to be quite a bit lower. If nothing else, I think it just goes sideways for a long time. 
uh, we got to get some of the excess out of here. You know, everybody, everybody in the, in the business is so bullish and you need that balance of bulls and bears, right? Uh, and these, uh, these futures products aren't helping either ETF products just aren't helping at all in my, in my opinion. All right, folks, that's it for the day. As always, appreciate you joining us. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.